I'm sitting in the subway station, Manhattan is my destination. Yes, home to Yerushalayim or anywhere in Israel. That's the name of the program, Homeward Bound, here at the Nachum Siegel Network. My name is Yigal Siegel. And we are here every week to give you inspiration and information about making the big move to Eretz Yisrael, to the land of Israel. We're still excited about the great... Uh, success that the mega event was in New York last week with over 1,200 participants, and we're going to be speaking to Liz Bernstein, the manager of the North American Pre-Aliyah Department here on our show today, uh, to talk a little about uh, the process of making Aliyah and what planning has to go into it, and just to hopefully capitalize on some of the excitement that was generated by the great success of the mega event last week. So we'll be back right after this message with Liz Bernstein. If you've always dreamt of moving to Israel and establishing a brand new life in the Holy Land, it's time to call Nefesh Benefesh, 866-4-ALIYAH, 866, the number 4, A-L-I-Y-A-H, or log on now to their comprehensive website for all the assistance you need to get to Israel, nbn.org.il. That's the Nefesh Benefesh website. Head there now, nbn.org.il. Okay, welcome back, everyone, to Homeward Bound, the show about making Aliyah to the Holy Land, to Eretz Yisrael, to the State of Israel. My name is Egal Siegel, and we're here on the Nahum Siegel Network every week to give you information and inspiration to, in order to make that big move to Israel. Uh, we are just on the heels. First of all, I want to wish everyone a, uh, a Freilich and Purim. I hope you enjoyed Purim, because this will air after Purim. Uh, and also want to... Um, uh, congratulate all the attendants at uh, last week's big mega event in New York. I had the report uh, firsthand from Nachman Siegel that you had over 1,200 people coming to see uh, all the booths and get all the information possible to make Aliyah. So for those 1,200 people, and of course for everyone else out there who's interested in making Aliyah, so we had this idea that we would uh, sit with one of our uh, Nefesh Benefesh experts and basically take a quick walkthrough through the Aliyah process, meaning from the time that you make the decision to make the big move to Israel, and then until you take that plane with your family and you um, and you uh, move, you actually move to Israel, there's a lot of stuff that has to happen. Obviously, a lot of it is something that, you know, people, if they stopped and thought about it, they would know that they have to look for a job, they have to look for schools, they have to look for a place to live. But I want to be able to kind of give a general overview of some of the steps that you're going to get uh, that you have to get through, there is no question that the second that you call 866 for aliyah 
which is the Nefesh Benefesh office here in Givat Shaul in Yerushalayim, you will get all the information that we're going to discuss today. But we just thought that it was a good idea to have a program where we can just kind of give the basics. So I'm very happy to welcome to our airwaves Liz Bernstein, who is the manager of the North Aliyah Pre-Aliyah Department here at Nefesh Benefesh. Liz, welcome to the program. Thank you so much. Okay, so um, basically I've made my decision. I've decided, okay, this is it. Obviously, there's singles who make decisions like this. There are families who make decisions like this. There are retirees who make decisions like this. So, And each one of those sets of people has a different path to take. What we want to do today is do a general overview of the what everyone has to do. So what happens? I... You know, I'm going to call, obviously, I'm going to call Nefesh Benefesh. That's the first thing. If I haven't called already, usually people who have made the decision to make Aliyah have already been in touch with Nefesh beforehand. So, obviously, that's the first step. But what, in terms of the actual process, the let's call it bureaucratic process or the organizational process, what is the first thing that a person has to do for their family in order to make Aliyah? Okay. What we like to do is differentiate between the Aliyah planning and the Aliyah process. The process will will uh, detail more of the bureau, bureau, bureaucratic necessities. Right. Uh, the first thing that we always recommend doing is to try and target your Aliyah date or your season as best as possible to give you a sense of how much time you actually have to plan, uh, to retrieve all your documentation, to have your interview with the Jewish agency, and to take all the necessary steps, whether it be a pilot trip or viewing communities, educational possibilities, etc. Mm-hmm. So the first thing after the, the most important thing after that is to complete the application on our website. You can do so by going to www.nbn.org.il. Right. And right on the menu bar is an application menu uh, for North America. And it's a joint application. We like to call it one-stop shopping so that you can fill out both the Nefesh Benefesh portion and the Jewish agency portion at the same time. Okay. Now, the benefit of that is we have a shared system. So when we receive your application and process it, it also alerts the Jewish agency that you are interested in making Aliyah. Okay. The importance of that is the Jewish agency is the government body ultimately responsible for providing the authorization, the Aliyah approval. Okay. Uh, so that's a critical step. Okay. So uh, going back to that application, um, part of the application is to have certain documents that you have to provide Nefesh Benefesh and the Jewish Agency with, I assume, birth certificates and stuff like that. Correct. So, yeah, go ahead. Um, so um, I'm glad that you brought that up because this is a really critical piece and something that people can actively do to expedite their process even before they know their target dates. So um, each situation is different, but by and large, a person can have their interview with the Jewish agency, Shaliach, uh, representative once they have birth certificates, updated passports, and a proof of Judaism letter. This proof of Judaism letter, just to clarify, is a letter from a rabbi in North America mm-hmm. on his or her letter head stating that what a person is Jewish and born to a Jewish mother. The language is very important. Right. Um, and I think there's samples of that on the website. That's there it. are samples, and uh, for those who have converted, they simply need to say so with the relevant information and their conversion documents as well. Okay, so those those are the most important documents. Now, um, obviously, in America, if you are missing your birth certificate, you can apply for a new one. If someone is uh, is older and comes from a different country, that might be a little more 
uh, complicated. Um, although the government takes into account, for example, when we speak about retirees, a great percentage of them are Holocaust survivors. Right. Um, so it's clearly not realistic to expect people to have birth certificates. So other documents are used, like naturalization papers, for oh, okay. example. Excellent. Okay. So okay. So you get all the documents together. Do you upload those to Nefesh? You can upload them. You can fax them. You can email them. I do highly encourage people to submit their applications, even if they don't have all the documents ready, uh, so we can begin processing, and then you can supple app supplement the application as you go. Okay, so if someone, for example, has a proof of Judaism letter, but they haven't found their birth certificate yet, it's important to send that in, because then people um, either, do they do it here or in Jewish agency, that they check into the into the um into the documents to make sure that they're uh, okay? It's a good question. It's the Jewish agency who will want to see all the originals of each of the required documents. And a list of the documents can be found both on our website and in the application itself. Um, I'm happy to provide my email if anybody wants to email me directly for more information about that. It's lizb at nbn.org.il. And, um, but anyone in the, in the pre-LEA department could help them. No, anybody could help them. Um, we have a staff of, there are 80 of us on staff, and I would say about 95% of us are Olim ourselves, which is a great benefit here because we are listening as experienced Olim ourselves. <laughs> right, uh, exactly. We've come as singles, as married, bought homes, who've had kids here, who've gone to school here, the army here, who've sat and learned. So we really have the whole gamut of experience here. Okay. Um, in terms of the, you mentioned that the Jewish agency has to see the originals of these documents. Correct. At what point will they have to see the originals? When you meet with the shaliach or when you actually make aliyah? You have to meet with the shaliach, and that's the point at which you will show original documents. They will not keep the documents, but will need to see them. In the meantime, you can send copies, which can be uploaded to your file. As long, and never, ever send the originals. <laughs> okay, that's this important is very important. Um, and then the shaliach will return them to you. And once once you have the interview and provide the documents, that is um, the most necessary step, obtaining the approval from the Jewish agency and then ultimately receiving an aliyah visa from the Israeli consulate. Okay. Um, question is, if I live in New York or Los Angeles, probably one of the major areas of the America, North America, so I probably have a shaliach that's close by. I myself was living in Baltimore. There was a shaliach in Washington. Um, let's say I don't live in one of the central areas of America and I'm not near a shliach. First of all, where is there a list of where shliachim are, where the shliach is in America? Great question. Jewish Agency has their own website, jaffe.org, but all the shliachim, all the North American representatives are listed on our website. And um, it's a good question. There are regions that the Jewish Agency has, and uh, they cover various various parts of the country at a time. When there are more remote places with smaller Jewish communities, mm -hmm. they usually have a representative there who acts on behalf of Jewish agency uh, to, to meet people, or they have scheduled times of the year where a shaliach will fly out in order to meet people So that's something well. that, again, through Nefesh Benefesh, a person like that can find out exactly when they could see a shaliach. Yes. Okay, so they met with the shaliach. They showed them the original documents. You have your birth certificate, your updated passport, you have your uh, proof of Judaism that's all uploaded. Copies of those are uploaded to Nefesh Benefesh. Um, the next step, I assume, is to speak to people about where you want to live. 
Right. And I wouldn't, I would say that it, the steps coincide because this is the process part, but the planning is taking place. Ah, I understand uh, what you're saying. Uh, okay. Of course. Right. Um, concurrently. So uh, that is where Nefesh Benefesh really comes in. Our goal is really to help people. Um, navigate their way through all the resources here, the options, the OLE benefits, uh, to make it as smooth a process as possible. So um, we, again, we have a staff of 80, particularly in my department, we have a staff of 14. And um, we travel throughout North America, usually once a month, um, and have representatives who provide workshops, seminars, and most importantly, I would say the one-to-one personal meetings. Um, we do this in addition to both email and phone correspondences and, and Skype um, so that we can really touch everybody. Um, there are also a lot of people who choose to take pilot trips. Whenever this is possible, we we really recommend it, uh, even for those who have extensive Israel experience, because we find the benefit of a pilot trip is the focus on finding community, employment, and education. Right. Options. And that's when you come for a trip, you're in vacation mode. Right. So it's not, very different. You're not in uh, living mode. Right. <laughs> so it's a whole it's, different bull away. Exactly. Um, when one, when someone is uh, thinking about moving, I think one of the things that I've heard from people is that, uh, you know, the place to live really encompasses a lot in terms of uh, education for your kids. Well, obviously, where you decide to live is going to determine where your kids are going to end up in school most of the time. The question is, um, what would you recommend or what does Nefesh Benefesh recommend to someone who is not exactly sure right now? A lot of people have relatives or they have friends who are living in certain areas. They're going to check out certain areas. Someone who's really not sure and, you know, is thinking in terms of, okay, you know, I have uh, three different choices. Let me live somewhere for a couple of years and then I'll, you know, if I have to move, I move. Is that a better uh, way of handling it than to actually make a commitment to either buying a place or to saying, you know, I'm going, you know, is it, is it better for a family, let's say a family with uh, children, is it better for a family to think in terms of, okay, this is only, you know, temporary or might be temporary, but I can always move? Or is it better to find to try and find through a pilot trip or through more research, whether it's with speaking to people or speaking to you guys? What would you recommend to, to people for something like that? So community, of course, is, a, is one of the integral pieces of Aliyah. Um, people who have family in Israel tend to consider the places where they live. I would say the factors that affect choices of community have to do with where people have family and or friends, um, what kind of field they work in and in what proximity that community might be. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, a lot of people who work in high tech may expect that they're going to work in Tel Aviv or Haifa, uh, although certainly, of course, it's in all areas of the country, so they may make those considerations. Certainly cost of living and uh, religious uh, background is important. So uh, what we what we say is for those people who are not sure, we find that most people, uh, unless they're really certain, um, should rent for a year mm-hmm. before they make a commitment to buying. Right. Uh, that seems to be the most successful route. Um, we don't recommend, especially for people with kids, to try and 
quote unquote experiment and say, okay, if this right. doesn't work, we'll try. Ideally, even if one is renting, if they can try and plant roots and establish themselves in a certain community, then the integration for their children will be much easier. So when we advise people about pilot trips, we suggest if possible, and we know it's not always to try and come for 10 days, but for whatever length of time to try and come over a Shabbat. Right. And this is regardless of religious affiliation. But Shabbat here in Israel is a very, it gives you a very good sense of the yeah, community. People are, right, people are not working at yeah. home. Yeah. So um, we feel that's like a really good, you know. The uh, truth is for, for certain people, it might be a two Shabbatot might be a better idea. So they can try out two different communities if they're not sure. Clearly, clearly. Right. So we also, we have a community database on the website right. and um, a People can choose based on financial situations, religious affiliations. Right. We've uh, had Avi Silverman. What, what, yes. Yeah, we, Avi Silverman has been on and will continue to be on. We're, we're dedicating uh, different uh, segments of the show to specific communities where he gives details about each community, which has been very, very uh, helpful to people. Yes. Um, let's just jump. Uh, one of the things, obviously, as part of the, uh, the planning process is, uh, is uh, employment. And um, one of the things that uh, I know Rachel Berger has been on our show many times also about specific uh, specific opportunities here. But one of the things which I think is important for people to know is that even if they come on a pilot trip um, and there's a tremendous interest uh, from different companies or different uh, you know places of work, no one probably probably I would say the percentages are you're not going to get an offer until you're actually here in Israel. Correct. Most employers want the security of knowing that they're hiring a citizen of Israel right. before they do. There there are exceptional cases for doctors and professors at times, but that is, I would say that is correct. So what we really, really encourage people to, to do, regardless of their field, is to work on their Hebrew. There are a tremendous amount of resources online um, for... Um, increasing your Hebrew vocabulary um, for taking online courses. That's right. in addition to any like JCC, Ulpanim, you know, other resources. Correct. Um, the benefit of working on Hebrew is, of course, not only empowering people just in their general life in Israel to be able to read signs to differentiate between cream cheese and sour cream than yellow cheese in the grocery store, <laughs> is that it really opens up tremendous possibilities for them in, in uh the world of employment. Uh, the other thing is we try and help people see in our employment department is really five star is to really help um, people reframe what their skills are and their talents and what their uh, jobs are. Instead of a person just seeing themselves as an English teacher, they might begin to see themselves as somebody who really has a skill for writing or for English language, and maybe they could actually be very good at, for example, technical writing. Uh-huh. So um, to to focus not just on uh, focus resumes on experience, but also based on skill. Okay, so okay, we've covered um, we've covered the community aspect, uh, the employment aspect. Um, I think part of the community decision is uh, education. I think most people, um, in any situation, uh, I know in New York when I went to school, there were people who traveled an hour and fifteen minutes every day both ways to get to school. Uh, so it's not like you can't travel a lot to get to school. But when you're living in Israel, I think most people are interested, at least for the kids who are in elementary level. 
would like them to be close to home, and there are plenty of opportunities for that in different communities. The uh, So the education, I'm going to leave to the side for a second. Um, I, I wanted to ask you a different question. As we're dealing with the what you call planning, so there's still the process that's going on. And part of the process, obviously, is deciding what to bring, <laughs> okay? Yes. And, and I know that in our situation nine years ago when we came, that was a major, major uh, part of the whole process of making Aliyah was, you know, what do we get rid of and what do we take on our lift? Uh, lift re- literally being a, a large metal container that's put on a ship and hopefully makes it here, <laughs> so which usually does. Don't get nervous. Anyway, so <laughs> so um, are there tips on the website, first of all, for people um, who are looking at the NBN website? Are, and tips in terms of what to, you know, if you have uh, you know, appliances, whatever, stuff like that, where, where can where can people find resources about making that decision? We absolutely have tips on the website. We also have advice based on other people's experience, um, even for shipping cars, which is a separate kind of shipping but is a possibility. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have a Yahoo listserv group, and the benefit of that group is that you're really getting the feedback of Olim like yourselves who've been through this whole same process and learning from their mistakes. I know that when we made Aliyah, we were in Israel first for a bit, and we took a survey from people. What did you bring? What are you sorry you didn't bring? What mm-hmm. do you wish you hadn't bring? You know, hadn't brought over. And so, so um, talking to to uh, Olim here through that. And, and through our Facebook group, mm-hmm. the Nefesh Benefesh Facebook group is very helpful. Um, with the lifts, uh, any company, just when you're trying to de- determine which company you'd like to use, it's really important to know that every company should be able to give you a guesstimate of what your lift will cost, and you do not always have to buy a pre-sized container, which some people don't understand. Sometimes they can build a container around the amount of things that you have. What I always suggest is to take a tour of your home and make a list of th- with three different columns, the absolutely must-haves, mm-hmm. the absolutely don't need, <laughs> don't even think about it. And then the And then the ones where it really depends on what the cost of shipping it will be versus the cost of buying it. Right, and I want to add that's important, and, and there is a list of shippers on uh, on the website that you can talk to at least, right? We, we have a link directing you to a list. Okay, yes. so the... the um, the idea is that when you're talking about shipping, you're talking about obviously taking it on the boat to Israel, but we're also discussing moving it from your home to the boat and then here in Israel from the boat to your home, which is important to understand. It's all in, all inclusive. Right, and the company should be responsible for both picking it up from your home and delivering it to your new home in Israel. Right, and the, most of the shippers uh, we've dealt with, at least uh, I know from my own experience and just uh, you know from speaking to other people, are very good at estimating um, based on what you tell them, estimating what kind of size uh, container. There's a, the standard containers are what's called 20 foot and 40 foot. I think you can get bigger if you want, but like mm-hmm. you said, uh, you can, you know, you can actually, you know, have less than that. You can have more than that. It, you know, just depends on what you have. Mm-hmm. I wanted to clarify <clears throat> that there are a lot of people who choose not to bring a lift. I think it's important to to make that assessment whether it's worthwhile or not. Right. A there lift have- is not free. 
It's not free. <laughs> That's important the important thing to understand. Right. The Olim benefit for bringing lifts is that you don't pay tax at the port here right. in Israel, which is significant, but it is still a private arrangement between the Olim and the shipper for which they have to pay. Um, I have found that there are some people, I know of a particular case where someone was very interested in having an american size oven, but they didn't know where they would be living and didn't didn't have the measurements for That's their right, apartment. And they shipped the oven and then the oven didn't fit. So when you are considering buying appliances, uh, it's important to think about whether you know where you're going to be living already. And certainly if you do, to take those measurements before you're shopping. Right. So if you know where you're going to live, so then you should really um, make sure that you have those measurements because if you start shopping and you find out it doesn't fit, you're stuck with it in Israel. I hear what you're saying. I'm speaking to Liz Osteen of the uh, Pre-Aliyad Department, the manager of the North American Pre-Aliyad Department here in Nefesh B'Nefesh. Um, we're going to come back. I'm going to. This probably will air in two different uh, parts because of the length of the interview. So if this is the end of the first part, which I think it is, uh, we will be back after this message, and we'll continue with Liz uh, hopefully next week. Please stay tuned. If you've always dreamt of moving to Israel and establishing a brand new life in the Holy Land, it's time to call Nefesh Benefesh, 866-4-ALIYAH, 866-4-ALIYAH, or log on now to their comprehensive website for all the assistance you need to get to Israel, nbn.org.il. That's the Nefesh Benefesh website. Head there now, nbn.org.il. Well, we thank uh, Liz Bernstein for her time today. Uh, it was a great conversation about the process and the planning that goes into making Aliyah to Eretz Yisrael. We're going to continue this conversation with Liz either next week or the week after here at Homeward Bound. In the meantime, my name is Egal Siegel from the Nahum Siegel Network. Have a great week, everybody. If you've always dreamt of moving to Israel and establishing a brand new life in the Holy Land, it's time to call Nefesh Benefesh, 866-4-ALIYAH, 866-4-ALIYAH, or log on now to their comprehensive website for all the assistance you need to get to Israel, nbn.org.il. That's the Nefesh Benefesh website. Head there now, nbn.org.il. Every day is an endless stream of disappointment, broken dreams. And each day looks the same to me, assembly lines and factories. And every stranger's face I see reminds me that I long to be homeward bound. I wish I was homeward bound. Sad songs again, lament this world of pretend. Mm -hmm. But all my
my words come back to me This life of mediocrity Like emptiness in harmony I need Hashem to comfort me